Hello, folks, and welcome to the game where every tabletop is a stage, and we are merely players. Happy New Year. Happy is, New Year. Oh, giving the game away. This is very interesting to do. It's kind of like, a, you know, we're recording this in November, but it's January something. You might have noticed that I wasn't met with a call and response of the name of this show, because we're doing something very, very exciting and something a little bit new here. Um, we have a bunch of new players around the table, just we're doing, like, giving you a little treat of like a little arc with some newbies. And that kind of brings with it the opportunity for us to explain how this works. Uh, like now, normally we kind of just jump in and go crazy with the story, but this is a bit of a break. We want people to know what's going on and how, how D&D works, because we're a bit hard and loose with the mechanics. So this show is the opportunity for us to really kind of answer questions of how stuff works and what better way to do that with some new players who don't know what the fuck's going on. There will be the narrative, of course. We've got a little dungeon crawl for them. But also explaining what the mysterious D20 is, what it does, where it comes from, what an ability modifier is, why Austin hasn't done a TPK yet. All of those questions will be answered. But the first question to be answered is who we have gracing your ears tonight. And to my left, we have the wonderful... Oh, Rebecca. Rebecca Norfolk. Oh. <laughs> oh, I thought we were going with her Sorry. Next to Rebecca. Chaya Gupta. Following around the table. Um, I'm Romana Mara. And next to Romana, finally finishing off. Yes. <laughs> Letting him talk. <laughs> I'm Tom Holt. Amazing. And there are players. So, mysteriously, we don't have characters for them yet. But you will meet them in time. So, there's no recap to do. Just a little intro. So let's kick off today's adventure. Let's go. Knowledge. And the extent to which people gain it. Some people go to great lengths to know specifics. However, in the Order Historum, each specific builds together and kind of creates a hole in the pursuit of something more. Little strands, little strings coming together for a greater quilt what is intergenerational, spans through time. And we jump back a little bit and we open up on the shining city of Helicos. Four young researchers walking down this beautifully cobbled street, the click-clack of carts kind of moving past them, all with one mission. To find out why a thread of knowledge may have gone missing. And as we kind of walk down this street, it's, it's, the sun's shining, but it, it's that beautiful kind of evening. Dusk is setting in, there's crisp sky, no clouds in sight. The air of Helicos is one of... Nothing goes wrong here. Nothing ever goes wrong here. People smile. People have no care in the world. It's very different from the area of Craven that you all initially knew. And also of the streets of Thorium, uh, the winter streets of Thorium. Helicos is one of warmth and luxuriousness that you guys are aware of, but you haven't necessarily experienced for a while. And as we kind of walk down this street, we will focus in on one member of this four. And Romana, if you would like to describe your character for us. All right. This is very exciting. Okay, so um, 
I'm playing as Cricket, who is a 17-year-old human, um, kind of on the shorter side, like think like five, four, the tall end of five, three, maybe. Um, she has very um, short hair, kind of like, <laughs> <laughs> I was, I, in my notes to Max, I said Leonardo DiCaprio in the 90s. Beautiful. But dark brown. <laughs> um, uh, she is wearing a kind of dark kimono-like jacket that has a, a um, firm cloth belt around the waist that's kind of tied in a very ornate knot mm-hmm. and then about knee-length um, kind of loose-ish cloth or cotton shorts. Um, and so underneath that, she's wearing like skin-tight undergarments that cover her from like all the way up her neck all the way down to her toes like you can only see her hands essentially and her face mm-hmm. um and she's wearing like good running boots this is all kind of her top garments are like very deep dark black almost as if like somebody had taken a shadow and made it into a garment um and only her belt has little silver and purple threads woven into it nice. um she's very like slender um kind of androgynous build and if you look at her and you didn't know her you'd be like okay you're either a 12 year old boy or a 17 year old girl perfect for the um, job that you want to do exactly you're tasked with yeah one last thing she has a mask that she kind of wears around her neck or on her face depending on the situation of uh, an iron cast uh what did i say horned owl nice Ooh. yes amazing and as crickets walking along they're mind is kind of it's moving at a pace of confusion like all of you you've not had this level of being tasked with an expedition to find one of your own before and as you think on this task you're pushed on your mind kind of goes back these faded undergarments turn into the dark black they initially were as your mind is transported back it becomes night and you remember Waking up, the noise of Boronor, the the whispers, the kind of the hustle and bustle, different to this helicos happiness, as it were, as you feel the kind of Hessian sleeping, let's say, cot that you used to use as you trained in your old temple. And you go back to a memory and you, you wake up hearing voices outside your room you can't quite sleep and there's that impetus to train you can't get to sleep so what you're going to do is you're going to go and train and you head out down the dirt corridor this area that used this temple underground underborn or hidden away and as you're almost shadow boxing in the center of this fighting pit you hear these voices more hurried, more hushed, kind of one kind of keep it down, keep it down as they kind of talk to each other. What does Cricket do? Everyone else is asleep. Everyone else is asleep. Um so can I make out where these voices are coming from? Mm-hmm. It's with your passive perception, uh and 
people who are passive perception is just the base understanding. Some characters are better at it than others, um, but it kind of it's what people naturally pick up on. Great. And because they're speaking loud enough, one of them accidentally speaks a little too loud with mm. the passive perception that you have. You're able to discern it's coming from just behind one of the doors leading to a further corridor down towards one of the uh, elders of the order's rooms. Right. Um, I think I'm going to sneak to just kind of the the beginning of that door where, like, mm-hmm. I'm not going through it, but I I do the Kim Possible thing where I press <laughs> against the wall. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> cool. Um, make me yes. the first roll of our entire little series oh here. Oh, my God. You're ah. going to make me a stealth check. Yes. So How do to I do, do that, that, you take your D20, which is the 20-sided dice. I got it. Give it a roll on the table. That is a 14. A 14. Okay, so 14 on the dice. You then want to go towards your character sheet. Yes. And where it says stealth on the left-hand side by your abilities, it has a plus or a minus number. Ah, yes. I have a plus four on stealth, so that is an 18. 18 altogether because you're good at stealth. I think that's pretty good. You Sick. kind of <laughs> just into the darkness. Almost in... If anyone were watching you box, you'd be going into like some sort of uppercut and then just the momentum will pull you into the shadows and you disappear. Kim Possible style scooching around <laughs> towards the door. You lean your ear on it and you overhear a conversation between two people. Hmm. There is not an anger, but a frustration in the voices. And there's one voice you pick up on as relatively new. Hmm. You hear this kind of, well, uh, so... If I were to uh, hypothetically kind of, I don't know, uh, move in and take over whatever the fuck this can become. And I just like, no, no, okay, so steady down. Lower your voice, lower your voice. Your time will come. There's just some things that I need to sort out first before we can get you to the top and we can turn this into what it really ought to be. Do you continue listening? Uh, I think so, but I have a question. Do Mm -hmm. I... Do I recognize these voices? Make me a history check. How do I do that? Another D20 roll. <laughs> so any check, Yes. Um, you roll your D20. Sick. And so roll. That is a nine. A nine. And then same thing, go down the left-hand side uh, where it says history. Plus zero. So a that is nine. a nine. Okay. <laughs> so a nine is below, below your average. Hey. So you do get information. Uh, you recognize the, the higher class voice as... One, you don't know the name, necessarily, because you're aware that with the Order of Shadows, or the Temple of Shadows, sorry, people don't tell their real names, and their names change every five years. Hmm. But the younger voice is this, again, no name, but you know, an almost kind of someone that keeps popping into the Order to train with this higher, this dragonborn right. figure. Again, you've never really crossed paths, but... Okay. There is something off about this. With that history check as well, the idea of something new. You've heard rumblings of people wanting to... You remember, you heard rumblings of people wanting to uh, change the pacifist order, as it were, to really push forward and take control with the skills that you have. Okay. Um, I definitely keep listening. Cool. So the plan is, basically, as we kind of move forward... I just need you to be in the right place at the right time. I mean, what the fuck does that mean? I mean, I can't keep heading from Helicost back here again, over and over again. I mean, it is just, it's tiring on me, but I think with the right kind of, I know you're impatient, Took The idea, 
that we are moving towards is creating a stronger order for yourself, for us, for everyone. People that can have a real impact, a real change. And um, I'm gonna make I'm gonna make a roll. Do it. So this is for whether the people behind the door do something. And I roll, just to be honest, with the first roll that I make. So throughout, I'll be making rolls against you to see if, in this case, they hear someone behind the door. What was your stealth roll again? Do you 18. remember? 18. Well, I rolled a natural 17. Okay. Plus five Yikes. for a 22. So as you're listening at the door, there's something, not that your stealth roll wasn't good, but no, no. you are contesting masters of espionage and intrigue and with your Kim Possible shuffle your elbows go and your arms are kind of like I don't know what is this what is this dance I'm doing like a weird like broken windmill of the arms you accidentally knock the lock or like the the, handle the door's okay. handle mm. the big uh, circular chain handle as the voice is just Hachin! another time we'll talk later and you hear the footsteps moving off away from me mm -hmm. sick I think I have a moment of just like collapse because this was somebody who's incredibly high up in this order mm -hmm. that I thought, you know, I'm I've very much bought into this like pacifist. We're here to do good for people. So I'm like, oh, my God, what the fuck? There's there's a conspiracy. I don't know what to do. Ah, um, I'm a teenager. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, and I think once the initial crisis is over. I run to my ma can I run to my master? You can run to your master, yeah. I think I'm going to run to my... To wake them up? Yes. Okay. You're aware mm. that your master's room is beyond the door that they went down. The corridor they were at leads towards all of the master's chambers. Right. So it would mean either following them, and as you check the, law, the door, it's locked. That's not great. But you are aware you have training with your master in the morning. Okay. Is there any... There's not really anyone else at the temple that I trust... Not per se, not after your friend left. Okay. Mm, then I think I'm just going to go back to my room. Go. And hide and, like, hope that morning comes really, really quickly. Cool. Are you going to go to sleep or are you going to hide? Because you can't hide in the corner if, they, if you feel there's danger. I am going to hide, actually. Cool. So I'm... this is another stealth check. So another ability check with your D20. That is a 12. 12 plus, plus whatever four. your stealth is. A 16. 16. Easy enough. It's your room. You do share with others. Mm. So you kind of hear the like <laughs> quiet snore of this like kind of uh, half orc next to you. Yes. But you know they're a deep sleeper. So you're able kind of seeing your bed. You you do what the hobbits do. Basically, <laughs> you just like put your pillows under your bed, making sure that yeah, you look Looks asleep. like I'm sleeping there. And with that stealth check, you kind of, you know where you're going. and you, you brush yourself up into the shadows in the corner of your room. And... As you're putting the pillows underneath the blanket, a little letter just flies out and falls onto the ground in front of you. Oh, I pick it up. Pick it up? Uh, absolutely. And give it a read? Yes, please. Cool. The note is from someone who recently visited you a couple of months back. And it says, Cricket, um, I'm hiding this uh, in case you find it. If you ever need anything, and I, I sense a lot of change here, and I got what I needed from this place, and I feel you have too, find me in Craven, and we can go from there. Mm. Signed, Kuyo. Um, I fold the letter up, and I put it in, like, my 
I'm, I, I can't describe this. I'm do I make I'm jerking? Do, jer- <laughs> <laughs> I'm making a motion where I'm like I'm pulling the neckline of my jumper mm-hmm. and I'm putting the thing, the letter in. There's something. There's some like inside pocket. Amazing. And I'm putting the letter there. Cool. So I wear it over my heart. Oh. Oh. And as you <laughs> take the letter and put it in this special hiding place, as close to your person as you can, as close to what is the centre of your being, you are back in Helicos, your hand accidentally moving to that location where you found this letter, this letter that brought you to the order, hmm. that brought you to where you are today. And you continue on towards the house in front of you, out of Boronor, out of your past, and into whatever lies in front and we pan to slightly behind you, just just behind and left. <laughs> yes. And Mr. Tom Holt, if you would like to describe your character. Sure. Uh, my character's name is Dean D. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he is a half-elf. Um, he's wearing the sort of garments one would be wearing in this particular <laughs> weather in this particular city. <laughs> a practical man. <laughs> Brown of colour on the on the top garment and he's got some sort of pantaloons on <laughs> with wide tops into a thin shin. Um, with stripes actually on oh. the on the left one. But the right one, the stripes are gone. <laughs> He carries with him an instrument of sorts, a lyre, if you will. Not that he is a lyre. It's, it's the instrument. And he's got, a, he's got a nice smile on his face. Oh. He's happy to be here. Nice. In Helicos. <laughs> <laughs> with Dean kind of taking in this fresh air, you know, like the lyre strong on his back. Your, your instrument, the thing that, that you really push yourself through, your charisma, your passion, your music that you share with everybody else. Um... Your mind goes back to the moment you kind of gained that liar. Not the happiest of memories. But we are transported to a tavern that you used to kind of frequent. It's a couple of years back. Let's say five years. And your master, your old bard tutor, is just sat in front of you with just a pint of ale with such a downtrodden face, just occasionally glaring your way. You can make me what we call an insight check if you want. Which is, you take the d20, give it a roll. Six. Six, and then add whatever it says on insight to the left of yours. Minus one. Minus one. Yeah. Five. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, you have no idea why he's angry. He doesn't even look angry. I'm killing this. This, this is the dice teller story. This is kind of, you know, you've just known this as his resting face. This is just how he looks at you. Yeah. He's kind of just grumbling into his pint. He, just, um, he says to you, Well, uh, that wasn't really uh, the kind of set I was expecting from you, boy, up there earlier. Well, this comes as a surprise to me. <laughs> I really shouldn't. I, I fucking I tell you what you should play all the time, but... <sighs> Are you sure you're okay with that squeeze box you're playing? Yeah. Yeah, I feel I'm... I feel like I'm doing a pretty good job up here. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, sure, because this pub was fucking rammed when I was playing Malaya earlier, and now it's kind of like, you know, dead. Yeah, well, I like to think it's, you know, pr- provocative. It's, ma- <laughs> it's made them go home and, and think about their 
you know, existence. Right. You, know. You, you, want, you know they never come back. What do you think happens then? They think so much that, that they're going to take a better life and they're just going to go off on the road and search better for themselves. Who knows? I've made philosophers out of all of them. Right. Uh, as far as I'm concerned. Fine. Um, try, try this. And your old master kind of hands over his lyre. Thank you, Timpson. <laughs> ah, maybe I'll have to give this all up and go back to Coblin. <laughs> Try it out. Give it a go. Give it a play. So what we make is a, what we call a performance check. Okay. Which is your d20 again, and you add your performance on the left-hand side. 16 plus... Five. There's our bard. Yeah. Twenty-one. As you kind of start to play, there there was something about the squeeze box that you couldn't quite get both your like arms in rhythm, and so as you kind of tried to push the left hand side, your right hand side moved out. So you were just kind of <laughs> just moving it across your body rather than doing any sort of squeezing. Um, but with the liar, there's just something about the intricacies having your past and your history coming from the family you did and the life uh, you used to live, your parents kind of scribing every day, using their arcane abilities to try and create from nothing in the simplest of gestures with their hands. Almost a uh, learned muscle memory through visualization, your fingers just start working their absolute magic. And the first thing you notice is just the door <laughs> opening up and the little pitter-patter of like almost fingers around a doorway as, as heads kind of pop back in. They're like, is it, is it safe to go back in? Fucking, is that racket? Fucking, what's that, what's that noise? And you notice that the entire crowd that you scared out of the pub were just waiting on the peripheries for the music to stop. <laughs> just drinking outside. And as soon as something else started up, they start trickling back in and you have... What you notice is your first enraptured audience as you're just kind of messing about on a liar, just just having a little, little bash. The first time your master's put his... Just like dropped his grog down it's kind of pouring itself out he's just in shock looking at you playing this thing and the music continues you play well how long do you want to play for do you want to, you've got this audience in front of you <laughs> for me it feels like a minute but i reckon i'm playing for like two hours you see the sun start to rise <laughs> as, as these two hours turn to three as these people are just like enraptured by you people run off remembering they've got babysitters that they need to go and pay and they need to pick up their kids from wherever they're staying um but you finish and put the lyre down and there is just a rupturous applause of these patrons of this uh, alehouse that so you've come to like many a time you kind of cut your teeth in the old music scene here it's a good little fringe venue and there's just this immense feeling that you've not had before of the power that is at your fingers to influence and read a room read the energy of the room the music you play kind of bringing up the highs that they felt like playing on any lows that they would have had kind of the beautiful catharsis that music can bring and money is just thrown at you you kind of uh, just making a roll to see how much you get okay it wasn't a very good roll uh, you get nine gold pieces which is more than Whoa. your master has ever paid you you were kind of there just to learn yeah as this kind of comes to an end what do you do do you continue drinking I think it's time to celebrate yeah I think oh, it's yeah. uh, let's celebrate Timpy no boy I'll go get some drinks and then we can have a chat alright he goes, kind of grabs these two jugs of ale, kind of plonks one down in front of you. I'm going to be honest with you here, boy. I've never made it sound like that before. Correct. 
<laughs> and I think, as a veteran of whatever our life is, our line of work, musical instruments, and what you can do with them, they, they deserve to be together, you know, they, they move on, and they're gifted away. As much as it pains me to say it, you should keep that. And, uh, if that's what they're going to pay, there's nothing I can teach you. Well... I appreciate that, Mr. Mr. Timpson. So what you're saying is this liar has chosen me, in a yeah. way. Your liar. My liar, I know. it. Maybe my purpose in life was to just be the intermediary to get this liar to where it needed to be. To me. And there's a little bit of a tear <laughs> kind of forms in his eye. And he downs his pint and very mysteriously, one giant human kind of head hand on your shoulder. <sighs> grabs his coat just walks out never to be seen not by you and as you're kind of sitting there watching your master go your old master leave having gifted you this thing which you now know you're very skilled in a note kind of just lies on the table in front of you ah a note <laughs> you gotta look behind to try and see who dropped it and there is still like a mass crowd uh, you create the easiest cover for someone to drop anything your way and as you pick it up it just has a couple of instructions almost and an offer just the idea your skills greatly appreciated the way you handle a room what you bring to people what you can take from people I don't think you're aware of your power come to Craven if you're looking for direction okay <laughs> <laughs> you say into your pint as you're reading this letter okay <laughs> and we're transported back to the current state of where Dean is walking down this route towards Helicos with this idea of fate knowing more not knowing enough kind of clicking through their brain let's say leading the party is an individual of, yeah, quite stocky build and just happiness. And Rebecca, if you'd like to describe your character for us. Hello. Um, I, I'm called Gregory Pebble. Um, <laughs> and I am a dwarf who is also a druid. And, um, I'm, yeah, I'm quite... I just look like a, you know, your average dwarf. <laughs> <laughs> just your average dwarf. Um, Beautiful long beard. Yeah. Um, it's plaited. I think the bit. Gorgeous. Yeah. Um, I've got beady little eyes. <laughs> um, and uh, I don't look very approachable in general, and I quite like it like that way. Uh, and I, uh, I, have, I wear some sort of vest that has like a million pockets um, because I just like to collect little things. I find like no. flowers. I don't know. Like na- I like nature in general, so I just have loads of shit in my pockets. Gorgeous. Um, <laughs> As Gregory is like taking the front of this this band of band of <laughs> rogues and rapscallions that he's found himself with, your hands just kind of in your pockets, playing with the things that you have. Your hand strikes on this flower stem that you've kept, like a dried pressed flower mm-hmm. that you've not felt for a while, like at the push to the bottom, and you're transported back to a sadder memory than you probably wanted to be, and you remember the love you once had and the love that spurned you. As we go back a couple of years and you're just in this beautiful garden sat as you did daily to 
kind of pick up your spirits after this heartbreak, like talking to the flowers that are around you. Yeah. You know, man, I think you should, uh, you know, you've been here quite a lot, and uh, I, I guess, uh, well, you know, heartbreak's hard, man, but you got to move on. There are plenty more uh, things to see, plenty more fishing to see, I guess, you know, and being you, I guess you could probably talk to a fish if you wanted to. You, Please go and talk to <coughs> anything else but me. Are you trying to say that you don't want to talk to me anymore? No, no, I'm not saying that. Well, I think, okay. I think that's, that sounds like what it is. You're, that, that is what you're saying. As, as, <laughs> as much as a leaf can act as a hand to offer comfort, <laughs> this like Daisy's little leaf just kind of just like hits one of your fingers. Yeah, don't like, patronize me. Hey, hey, man. <laughs> like I'll always be here for you. You've been coming. You've you've seen me grow through thick and thin. <laughs> you know, you've been here summer, winter. Yeah, you've been yeah. here all the time. I all sheltered the you. Time. Yeah, I do actually appreciate... See, that's it. I feel like I'm in a blood debt with you because I would have died in winter, you know? But you came and sheltered me and you kept me alive. What kind of life is... Sorry, I'm rambling. I, I, I'm not used to talking yet, you know? Well, you've been a good listener and I guess, I, I guess I'll, I'll leave you to it. <laughs> is that a you... pun? Are you making puns now? <laughs> you know I don't like puns or any kind no, of I know, I'm sorry. I'm just trying, to, just trying to cheer you up. You've been coming in for months and you're still down in the dumps, man. It was literally like, she was a hunt that you'd know, you'd knew her for two weeks. But she was beautiful. Jesus. She was so tall. So much taller than I. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, to me, everyone's a fucking giant, so. Well, that's why I like, like your company. Yeah. Hey, what's my name? Let's go with this, huh? You've been coming here every day and you've not even asked I my just, name. I just assumed it was Leaf. Just... <laughs> wow. Wow. To be honest, I think actually I'm the only one of me with a name. You've been talking to other people? Or just me? Am I the only one? Oh, God, I'm getting existential. And as this kind of happens, your, the spell that you cast to talk to this plant just whoosh, vanishes and you, <laughs> stop, you stop being able to hear them. But you can see, actually, if you want, Gregory can make me an insight check as well. Thirteen. Thirteen, cool, plus... Um, oh, four. So, seventeen. Yes. As much as <laughs> a plant can ask for the sweet release of death, <laughs> there is, like, a... <laughs> just in its, in its petals, this sense of, thank God I don't need to talk anymore, but there's so much I want to say. <laughs> is there anything you want to do in this garden? With a deep sigh, I decide to... Put the flower fully out of its misery. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> okay. And uh, decide to pluck it and uh, keep it with me. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> you don't even actually need a spell for this because the, <laughs> the both the scream of pain and anguish of being taken with you kind of transcends <laughs> any sense of like verbal communication as you pluck this small daisy. <laughs> It kind of just looking straight in your eyes as you, you push it down into one of your pockets. <laughs> just to keep forever. Poor old leaf. <laughs> <laughs> there is, with this spell and where you are, you're in a, quite a kept garden, like a public park. Okay. There's a residual of this spell as it leaves, as you kind of pluck leaf <laughs> out of the ground. The roots almost, there's little little bits, little trickles of light as the roots and just almost activate other plants around it. As they all start whispering together, just watching someone, watching you. Uh, I guess I want to listen closer. 
Listen to close what to the plants. Saying. Yeah. yeah, you can make me a perception check if you want, which is again the D twenty plus your perception modifier. Sixteen plus four, so twenty. Well, I'm an egg. We call that a dirty twenty. Oh. <laughs> dirty twenty, because we'll find out what a natural twenty is potentially in a little bit. You're kind of listening in. The whispers have stopped. They're kind of. It was a very like final mm. gasp of like almost a warning. Okay. Um, however, you do hear this rustle of the bushes to your right. I'm like a snapping of a twig. Because it's always spooky when there's a snapping of a twig. I uh, I get out my quarter staff. Hell yeah. And I hold it in front of me, like, pointing at this rustling sound. Cool. And I say, come out! <laughs> Whoever you are. You shout this into the undergrowth, and you wait a moment, and kind of the... the f- fear in your body like you you know you look mighty threatening with your quarter staff and and your pressed flower in your pocket <laughs> as you kind of search all the bushes the rustling stops and then almost like a letterbox out of the bush just this small letter just choom, onto the floor i say oh what the bloody hell's this and i go off and i pick up the letter cool you take it in your hands and if you were to be aware of the pasts of your friends, you'd notice this letter is almost identical in a way. But specific to you, this, this parchment stating that they've seen what you can do and how much information you can get from the inanimate objects that are, for lack of a better phrase, your captive audience. <laughs> As you read the word captive audience, you just pat your pocket. <laughs> <laughs> Physically feeling the, <laughs> the being you now hold. <laughs> And it mentions this place, Craven, if you were to be wanting a level of connection that they seem has been missing from your life for a while. Yeah, it's true. It's been too long. <laughs> um, I'm like, yeah, let's, let's bloody go. You say to yourself, or you say to your plant, realizing <laughs> I can't say back, as you're back in the present moment with Gregory's hand kind of on the patting this, this dead leaf who <laughs> is now, like, fully kind of withered, if you were to talk, would, would sound like he smokes 20 packs a day. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> watered to the point of life. And as we leave Gregory on this road, we head to our final member of this four, almost at the back, keeping watch behind, keeping an eye on every one of their friends in front. Chaya, if you would like to introduce your character. I am playing Ray Kerr, a halfling outlander, who uh, comes from a, a small village, quite away from anything else, uh, and only knows or only knew that place. Very, very loves their family, and all of their clothes are like hand-me-down, but this is a very fashionable town. <laughs> so it's not ragged, it's very like... So there's like corduroy, red and purple sort of flamed trousers going nice. on. With this like sort of... Um, what are the belts called? They're like... They're like they're thick and they kind of go all the way around because oh, it begins oh, with a C. Like, cummerbund. Oh, yes, oh. yes, yes, yes. With this like cummerbund round, they're also like support, so they always she always stands completely tall, even Amazing. though she's only four foot eleven. <laughs> <laughs> um, and a sort of silk esque um, blouse, which is fitted mm-hmm. uh, black um, with. Let's go brown, sure. Brown suspenders, <laughs> yeah. which hold at the back uh, the arrows that she carries around everywhere because she's a wonderful archer. And her hair is sort of in two plaits, but with sort of like a, a brown, brown, 
Sure. Brown two parts <laughs> with strands of fringe just coming down, like sort of perfectly flowing and perfectly gelled, even though she doesn't own gel. It just happens that way. She just oh. wakes up and looks like this. Um, <laughs> the mystery of your character. <laughs> it's genetic. <laughs> and that's, that's Reka. Amazing. And as they are kind of taking point there, their ears attuned to the rumblings and danger senses that kind of happen. You're, you're listening out and all you can hear is the laughter of people around you and the happiness. And there's something uh, off-putting about it. And it take the, the noise is something you've not had to deal with for quite a while. You're kind of used to scribing in quite a, a quiet places. The forests you used to work in and hunt in are ones of the slightest noise will prick up your interest. And so as you're walking along this path in Helicos, your ears are almost overwhelmed by the noise of these people having a good time. And you take yourself back to the quiet of the forest. And you're on a hunt. And you're running through, twigs kind of snapping, you're, you... you uh, you hear your prey ahead of you, this, this deer you've been hunting for quite a while. It's beautiful, beautiful trophy. Um, and you're kind of maneuvering through the forest, like jumping and sliding under things. And you see it move into the undergrowth. And Chaya, I'm going to ask you, as your first roll, to make me an attack roll with your bow and arrow. So ah. To do so, yes, tell me. everything's a d20. So you grab the 20-sided dice, give it a roll. Five. Five. Okay, there is stuff to add, luckily. So on your character <laughs> sheet, next to where it says weapons, you'll have your bow and arrow. Yep. And it has a plus number next to it. Seven. Seven, because you plus your dexterity and your proficiency modifier, which makes you good at stuff. Here we go. So 12. Okay. You were rolling, just to explain, against a deer's armor class which we'll explain later on if we get into combat which was a 12 <gasps> so meets it beats it Ooh. so you hit you loose as you kind of slide underneath this uh this fallen tree trunk you loose an arrow into the undergrowth and you just, just goes in you hear the of it hitting something and it, it has it hit the deer is that my decision to make it's hit something it's hit something well i have to go and investigate Go and investigate. Okay. Cool. So, yeah, make me an investigation check, which again is the D20, and then you plus whatever your investigation is. Eight. Um, and then I plus the which one? Uh, investigation. Investigation. Minus one. Seven. Oh, dear. Uh, <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> you know exactly where the arrow went. You mm -hmm. have no doubt in your mind that it went straight through, and you heard it hit something. Yeah. And as you kind of push your way through the bracken and the brambles of these bushes, you are in a clearing and you look around and there's no body oh. in sight. No sign of your arrow. And unfortunately, with that investigation check, you can't see any tracks. There's something odd with your skill set. <laughs> About not being able to find tracks. You're very, you're very good at what you do, usually. I, I had a, a, a beer with lunch. Ah, uh, right, okay. Well, not that, quite let's on say best there's, there's something mysterious about this disappearance. <laughs> and yeah, you're kind of just in this thicket. God, right. So I have to gather my thoughts because I can't, I can't go back like this and I can't lose my arrows. My arrows are very important to mm. me. So I climb up a tree and try and get height Okay. And see if anybody's around. Amazing. That way. 
Cool. Can so there know? are loads of trees against around you. Yeah, of course you can. Yeah. We're going to make another check, and this one's going to be an acrobatics check, which you should be quite good at. Come quite on. dexterous. So roll your d20. Eight. Again. Plus whatever acrobat will be at the top on the left. Plus five. Plus five. Thirteen. Okay. So that's, yeah, that's good enough. That's good enough. <laughs> it's not investigated with like the, the spur of being frustrated that you weren't able to find this thing. You just like managed to find the perfect handholds, bow stung on your back, your your perfect posture because of this cummerbund around yes. your center. <laughs> as you pull yourself up to the trees, I'll treat this also as a little perception check for you, rather than making you roll endlessly. <laughs> you can see your arrow slide about 30 foot away from the clearing not dropped almost perfectly placed oh okay i i jump from tree to tree cool i'll let the acrobatics check pass across yep thank you very much <laughs> danger of you falling but <laughs> how well okay let's say i'm slightly far, tipsy how, in that i case, had the bravery in this moment you shouldn't have said that make me another acrobatics check ah! okay 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 because it on. is quite far away Oh, it's far, it's far away. Come on, acrobatics. This will also help you yes. get down. What's it say? 18. 18! 18 plus 5 again, yeah? Yeah. The acrobatics called 23. Ah, oh, here we go. That, that beer didn't even touch the sides. Here we go. As you like perfectly like hop from branch to branch, not using your hands, you're kind of bow out readying just in case there is something that might attack. Mm. Um, you descend these trees and your arrow is perfectly placed on top of a piece of parchment. Ah. Oh left for you. Well, this is very mysterious. I must read it. Of course. <laughs> Using the same thing four times. <laughs> Amazing. You put your arrow up, put it back in your quiver, and grab the note. Again, if you were to know what was written on the three others that your friends found, they were more instructions. This one's more a complaint, which says, Jesus Christ, you almost hit me. <laughs> Fuck. But I guess that serves me fine walking out on my own in the middle of a forest you know okay fine fine but it's pretty good that you did almost hit me but I, you know I kind of want to see I want to see more meet me in Craven that's what it says mm. <laughs> okay well I'll take this um I run everything past my mum okay so I have to take it back to my mum and she's like well yeah go on why not nobody's ever left this town go and do it amazing leave the town and with your mum's words kind of rattling in your ears, they get louder and louder, taking over the quiet of the forest that you're in as Helicos's noise comes back into your consciousness and you see yourself walking down this path. And we've met everyone. Hey. Hello. This team, you all continue together walking down. It's a pretty straight and narrow path through Helicos. You kind of move past the main market district. You know this isn't where you're going. You're going to the suburbs. You're going out to where the, the beautiful, like, luxurious, the family homes where people have no care in the world. Kids can be raised in relatively safe environments. There's schools to go to, shops which have plentiful supply of stuff. No hardship in this place. And you walk for a couple of miles. It's quite capital city. It's fucking huge. You move into quieter neighborhoods. Is there anything you want to do on the journey? Anything you want to talk to each other about? Or are you heading straight to the house? Caught up in your own thoughts. So who brought you here? <laughs> what letter did you get? What was the tone of your letter, guys? <laughs> I was just slaying in a tavern. And then, not slay. Slay. Playing play music. Oh, okay. Sorry, I wasn't oh, slaying. Boring. I didn't slay. Well, I do slay. Um, <laughs> yeah. A letter appeared out of nowhere. 
I thought, yeah, why not blindly follow this letter to yeah. this place? Yeah, me too. Yeah, so yeah. Felt I think same. that's a yeah. sensible idea. So yeah. now that you know, now you know who this is from. Because I, I think I might have nearly killed this person. I don't know whether they want to kill me or if, or if this is a, a something else. Okay. What about, yeah. what are you? Um, I've forgotten your name. Cricket just freezes <laughs> up. <laughs> like, at the thought of being spoken to, she just goes... <gasps> I understand this as a... I, I don't like talking either, so I just go, <laughs> I just go. Okay, don't worry, just leave her alone. <laughs> and she like breathes out, and then just under her breath goes like, "I just this is none of your business." Understood, cricket. All right. <laughs> you all, you all do have this level of history together. Oh, so right, you've yeah. been to Craven, you kind of picked up where you are. <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, it's good something. to remind each other. Yeah. <laughs> 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 You never, I guess you never, like, truly got to the bottom of who wrote these letters okay. or what they were. But mm. you were all assigned a master who mm. has each individually put you together and sent you. Right, okay. And as, you, as you're catching up, having worked with each other for maybe a couple of months and not realising, realising for the first time that you've never really talked, <laughs> you move off onto a side alley, which kind of takes you to a more residential area. There are houses together and you're met directly in front of you with the place you know you're going to. Having followed the directions to a T, you're met with a very beautifully quaint, white, cobblestone bungalow. There's like a white veranda, like a porch in the front with uh, wooden trusses and uh, an awning with a little beautiful rocking chair, a thatched roof, and there's a stone chimney with smoke coming out of the top, with the doors just up on the porch itself, leading in. What do you wish to do? Shall we? I'd love to. <laughs> uh, shall, I, I, shall I just, for safety, do a little find traps? <laughs> just in you case. You can do find yeah, traps. do some find traps. Yeah. Should, yeah. We, should we, and like a cricket pipes up, mm. um, should, we, should we maybe wait with that until we're inside? But, w- but what if there's a trap to get in? I'm, I'm a very cautious dwarf. <laughs> well, you're, okay. It is possible because you were going to use a spell, right, Rebecca, for well, fine I'm traps. just worried that, that, that we've been lured here. Yeah. So with your spells, you do have a limited number of them. Um, but you can do a thing. I mean, we've rolled one before, just a general investigation check to oh, yeah. check for traps. Oh, okay. I'll do um, that then. Of which you can succeed or you can fail. Yes. So... Uh, you can roll for investigation if you wish, hang on, or any of you can. You. Can we all do it? You all can. However, you can also do a thing called helping your friend, basically. Mm. Which means, and uh, this brings another little term in, if you were to say, oh, say Gregory was going to make an investigation check, and Dean said, oh, I want to help, um, Rebecca would roll twice, a d20 twice, and take the higher roll. Oh, okay, cool. So you can do that, which is called giving advantage or giving help. Oh, I want to help. Oh, thanks, Dean. <laughs> Perfect. So you roll your d20 twice? Ooh, you good need. thing you were helping me. <laughs> that was a three. Eleven. Eleven plus, plus your investigation uh, modifier. Two. Thirteen. As, so there are beds, there are flower beds kind of leading this uh, crazy paving stones like, pathway up towards the house. Dean takes front, takes point, investigating the flowers. That's the first thing you kind of go to as you kind of like cautiously rifle through you don't don't seem to be any traps yeah. 
As they are doing this, um, can Cricket do her Kim Possible shuffle kind of around the house and like (laughs) try and peek into the windows to see if she can see anything? Make me a perception check. Oh, that is a six. Plus? Um, Plus one, so that's a seven. A seven, cool. You're very focused on this Kim Possible. (laughs) What has been established quite early on in this little game is your token move. Uh, and it as, gave me away last time as you're shuffling through with the arms again you do a, a quick sweep of the perimeter of the house you do it quite quickly because you realise that well, with Dean's tenacity they're really moving quite fast and they want to kind of they found no traps in they go you don't really see much kind of jump look into the window and it looks like beautifully kept inside like you like frilly doilies like you're probably, you're probably like grandma's house you right. know what i mean like yeah, a beautiful yeah. carpet there's a, a uh, as you go around the right of it kind of heading anti-clockwise you see this amazing library like beautiful books like around the walls a desk there's a chalkboard like stood up um and you kind of go towards the back of the house and there is a cellar door just on the floor just kind of uh, protruding out of the ground leading to the basement you kind of go around in the windows at the back is a bedroom uh, beautifully kept again kind of lovely linens very full of money that kind of vibe of this house Uh, and you make your way down to the left of the house and it's the kitchen back to the front where your party are and you don't see anything untowards no one is in no one is in that's the main thing you pick up no one's in. Okay. So we don't knock on the door. <laughs> we don't need to knock on the door. Can we try the door? You can try the door. Dean, you take a point. Up he goes. Yeah. Open the door. Try the door. <coughs> Weirdly open. Huh. Well, that's suspicious. It is quite suspicious. <sighs> What's more suspicious, especially for you, Cricket, as you kind of join your party, as Dean opens the door... <laughs> There is no light inside. It's darkness. There are... The first thing you get is this puff of dust and this Mm. smell of kind of decay and rot as you notice cobwebs in this hallway that you're met with. Nothing like you initially saw from the outside. And as you all step in, we're going to leave our first episode there. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. So, we now have the history of our players, and they've introduced themselves, and so we'll see what happens next week. So, in the meantime, thank you guys so much for coming along on this new journey with us. It's very exciting to get started. And for this little New Year treat, we're going to put some stuff on our Instagram, so go over and have a little look at Merely Players TTRPG. And we'll have a big little campaign, little wrap-up behind the board, a special. You'll be free of those for the next couple of weeks while these come out, but we'll have a big one on our Patreon. So if you want to go and have a little look, uh, that is patreon.com forward slash merely players. And the first people to have a little look at this are these wonderful folk, Jacob Cote, Patrick Khan, Jerry Lopez, Amir Shah, and Teresa Dolan. So thank you guys so much for that. We love making this and we hope you enjoy listening to it and we can't do it without your support. And so until next time, friends, when we see these adventurers in this creepy house, we'll see you next week. Bye! Bye! Bye-bye! Bye-bye.